0: Welcome to the St. Leonard's Spotlight Podcast. We'll be sharing an insight into St. Leonard's school life, as well as looking at some of the bigger topics in education. Please do subscribe and follow so that you get alerts for any new episodes. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us again for the latest episode of the Spotlight Podcast. I am joined today by quite a number of guests, actually. We've got Mrs. Pemberton Hislop, our Deputy Head Academic. Hello.
1: Yep, good morning. We
0: have Mr. Seymour. Good morning. And we have Lauren Sandeman, a former St. Leonard's legend, who, Lauren, I don't know if you want to explain to us fully what your role is these days and why, especially, we brought you in for this podcast.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, So I'm currently working at the University of St. Andrews in admissions, um, so kind of helping students applying to university. Um, So, yeah, really, really glad to be here for the UCAS podcast.
0: So exactly, as, as Lawrence mentioned there, we are looking today at our university applications with a particular focus on UCAS. So I don't know if Mrs Hyslop, you want to start us off?
1: Yes, thank you very much. Yes, um, we've just started with the current year 12, um, the university application process. Um, and I think for a number of the students, it can seem quite a way off Um but we need to start the process before the, the the summer break so students have the opportunity to go and visit universities and really get a feel for the type of places they would like to apply to. So this, this morning we just thought we'd uh, talk through the process, um, particularly in light of the higher education fair we had on Monday, which all of the Year 12 attended. Um, and then we did run um, a UCAS information evening. So this um, goes over that information if you were unable to attend on Monday.
0: And it was a fantastic event. Lauren, you were there representing the University of St. Andrews. What did you think of our higher education fair?
2: Yeah, it was great. It was so nice to see all of the students really enthusiastic, um, thinking about university. Perfect.
0: Brilliant. Well, I guess if we start off, let's imagine I'm a year 12 student. Yep. I am seriously now thinking I've come away from the higher education fair.
1: Yep. What's my next steps? What's the next steps? Great question. So um, research is key. So, students really need to do their research, and that will be online research, but also research by talking to people such as Lauren. Um, and key is to go and visit the universities and to do that, if possible, over the summer break. The number of students who think, I'd really like to go to a particular university, and then they go and visit it and just think, oh, it's just not the place I. I want to be. Um, So so research is key. We've just invested in a new uh, piece of software called Unifrog. Um, All the students have logins to to Unifrog and the software really helps students decide where they would like to go. So you can, uh, you'd start with filtering the the courses. So do I want to apply for psychology? Do I want to do psychology and media studies? Um, There are so many courses out there. So UniFrog helps to, to to look at different courses, and then you can even um, filter through the the perspectives for um, graduate employment. Um, is it a campus university? Um, is it a, is it a university in a city? How many undergraduates are there, etc. So the the software is probably the first place students should start to to do their their research.
0: Now a number of the students we actually had some of the year 11s attending the higher education fair, and a lot of them turned and said, you know what am I meant to ask? I don't quite know what it is I'd like to study yet. And actually, I don't think they realize quite what you mentioned there, about how actually, you know, they have to like the feel of the place. They have to want to go to that area. They have to maybe kind of ask some questions around about it. And I'm going to pull Lauren in here and see, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the questions maybe you get asked at these events or that you think are a really good question for someone to find out a bit more about university, maybe away from just how many points do I need for X course?
2: Yeah, it's really important that Um, students do ask about both the course and the the university and the location because there's only so much information that you can get from a website Um, so figuring out if the course is right right for someone because it does vary between all of the different universities English is going to be different across all the all the universities and it is important to figure out whether it is a campus university or a city and how many students there are and what the relationship between the staff and the students is like because that can really help narrow down your decisions.
0: Are there any other factors away from the academics that the universities are keen to, to highlight for any prospective students? So I'm thinking things like societies or sports teams or you know maybe kind of mm-hmm. special areas of expertise.
2: Yeah absolutely. Um, going to university isn't just about the academic life so it's really important that students um, want to get involved in, in other things and asking about the different societies and the sports clubs they can join and also asking about things like the career centre and what they can offer for part-time jobs in the city or town that they're going to be living in, but after graduation as well. Um, so yeah, universities are very keen that we kind of let everyone know about all the things on offer at a university, rather than just just the lectures. Um, Lauren went to Edinburgh University
1: yeah. um, and I'm delighted to say to do a, to a geography degree yeah. <laughs> um, what what made you decide uh, Edinburgh as your choice of, of university?
2: Um, so I was just, I love the city um, and I was looking at the course and I went to the visiting day and then after I was successful in getting an offer I went to the offer day as well where you get to meet the, the academics um, and spend a bit more time with them and spend a bit more time with the actual students that are there at the moment. Um, so it was just visiting the university that really kind of narrowed down my decision and in, in selecting Edinburgh and making sure that the course was right for me as well. Great.
1: Um, I suppose we move on through, through uh, the process. So, so start with looking at where you want to go, why you want to go there, et cetera. Um, the next big thing and is is a word no IB student likes, I think is, is deadlines. Uh, so that the UCAS deadlines are set, but we also have internal school deadlines And it's really important that students stick to the internal school deadlines, so we can help them. There's students can can research the deadlines online for UCAS, and uh, the the final deadline falls in January, but our school deadlines the the process needs to be completed by um, late November, early December, so then we can make sure there are no errors in applications. We can go over personal statements, etc. So deadlines is also key to to the process.
0: I mean, so let's. I'm going to put on my year 12 hat again here. Can I not just leave it to the last minute, Mrs Pemberton? It's, you know, it'll be fine. Please trust me. I've not met any of my deadlines yet, but this one I'm going to achieve. There's not a problem here.
1: Uh, so the uh, easy answer to that, no. Um, there are there are so many things that the, the student uh, needs to do. Um, so they, they need to obviously, if they're applying through UCAS, which the majority will, they need to log into UCAS. They need to put in their... Um, Their GCSE grades, if they've completed GCSEs, they need to say where they currently live because that will affect um, the offers that they get. They need to ensure that they've paid. Um, It's it's not expensive. Uh, For for most students, they'll put in five different choices and that's a cost of £24. And it's these small errors, if they haven't done that, it can really affect their uh, application process. Now, some students ask, should I get my application in early? Um, now for some, yes. So if they're applying for, um, veterinary medicine or medicine, um, or applying to Oxbridge, they are called early applicants and they need to be in, um, September. So that's early. The rest can come later. Now, will universities look at them if they apply early? Um, generally not, but some universities might, um, the, the universities have a deadline where they have uh, have to get back to students um, and some universities get back quite quickly so maybe those universities you do need to apply early others um, such as Edinburgh won't get back to the students till quite late so it really depends on the university but my best advice is yeah get it done as soon as you possibly can.
3: I think the other thing there to, to say to, to the year 12 Mr Durwood, is is there will be other things happening at that time as well so and um, early December, you're getting in your, your final TOK essay. Um, you've got mock exams coming up in January, early February. So just because you're doing, doing UCAS or university application, nothing, everything else is still ongoing as well. It doesn't all stop. So just just if you can do these things now for UCAS, it's, it's far easier to get that ball rolling. Um, and Give yourself a bit of, of headspace to think about it rather than trying to rush it all at the end. You know, this is so important. It's not something you want to be leaving right until the last minute. Um, and then, of course writing your personal statement, writing your school reference is something that takes time as well. And we, we need to be able to help you with that, give you some advice for that. Um, so that, that's not something that should just sort of appear on a desk the day of the application. It needs to have more, more thought and consideration than that.
0: So that is, that is a pretty big point that you've just mentioned there, isn't it, in terms of the personal statement. So we've, got, we've kind of looked through, we've got, we've got a deadline, we know yeah. what it is we need to do. Obviously our classes are we're working very hard in the background... Personal statement is one of the the big focuses.
1: Yeah, I think the personal statement is the thing that will take students the longest and is the thing that absolutely needs to be right. Um, Universities will look uh, at their personal statement a lot, um, particularly for um, courses where there's a lot of competition. So, of course, academic grades are very important. Personal statement needs to really complement that. Um, And some students, it's their personal statement that will get them that that offer um, and then they're, they're not easy to write universities use software to check for for plagiarism so great to research to see what other personal statements are out there but it needs to be very personal to to you it's a fair it's i mean it's not a huge piece of work it's um 4000 characters they can write they can't write less than 1000 characters um, it needs to have correct grammar, correct spelling, uh, etc. So yeah, a lot of work needs to go into the personal statement. And I suppose then it, uh, we we pass over to Lauren to mm-hmm. say how did you go about that process? And then also maybe at the universities today, what what would they look from personal
2: statement? Yeah, of course. um So I just kind of started looking into the different courses. Once I narrowed down my five choices, I researched those five courses to try and find a common theme between them. And that's how I started to tailor that personal statement. And the great thing about the IB is that I was able to, because I applied for geography, I was able to um, have kind of a geographical focus on different internal assessments in like maths and obviously in geography and my extended essay as well. So that was a great thing to be able to write about in that personal statement. And I did it over the summer because I just didn't want the stress of, of that First semester in in the final year, and it definitely does does make a difference because I drafted it and redrafted it, and then took a break from it and and returned to it. Um, is it safe well. to say,
0: Lauren, you didn't miss many deadlines?
2: I, I don't think I missed any deadlines. No, <laughs> well, definitely not. No. <laughs> no. Which <laughs> Which is anyone who is
0: doing their personal statement <laughs> over the summer holidays. It's getting a thumbs up around school and yeah. it uh, has a <laughs> yeah. clear eye on the prize. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds very sensible. And it,
2: oh, cool. no, yeah, cool. it really does make a difference for, for the universities as well. Cause like you were saying, personal statements are so important for universities. Um, in St Andrews, they get read three or four times. They get read by admissions. They get read by the academics in the school that you're applying to and they get sent back to admissions to be reviewed. So they will be read thoroughly. Um, and we really are looking for that passion. In your academic um subject.
1: Yeah, I think it's it is hard to write a personal statement. Um a few pieces of advice. Um students need to talk about their academic achievements, past and present. They need to talk about why they're interested in the subject that they're applying to. So so things like extended essays really, really can help with that. Um they need to talk about their knowledge in the subject area. Um, their enthusiasm for the subject what are the things that they've done that are linked to the subject they're applying for um and then also key is their independent study skills so if they can talk about how independent they are that is great and that is something key that universities are are looking for um, we will give students help with their personal statements and mr seymour also mentioned the uh references that uh teachers need to write do you want to say a little bit more about that
3: yeah so um all of the subject teachers will be asked to to give a reference um, for a student. Um, that's it's not the same as a report. It's it's a much more um, sort of positive process, a bit like an employment reference, really. Um, but we it really helps us if we know what the student is applying for. I so said what course they're applying for and which university they're applying for, just so that we can tailor tailor the reference to be appropriate to that course. Um, we then weight it slightly so that. Um, the academic subjects that are most relevant to that student are the ones that have the, the biggest role in the reference. And, and again, as I say, that's that's something that takes a, a bit of time to to put together because um, it requires six or seven members of staff to feed into um, and then put together something that's, that really sells the student as, as much as possible. I think the other thing I would just want to emphasise about the personal statement, if I could, is, is the, the things that stand out about IB students so, so for example the, the idea of independent study skills really I think important to emphasise things like the extended essay where you've all done uh, independent supported study um, and, and therefore you can, you can really sell that and, and make yourself stand out and particularly if the extended essay is in a subject or related to the subject that you're applying for you know, this is really a chance to, to shout about it from the rooftops.
0: It's joining up isn't it it's saying all the things you've done and I think sometimes our students undersell themselves or they don't pick the right bit of information. There's so much goes on in the cast that actually, you know, they need to kind of say why their cast links to their passions. So it's not enough just to say, I am passionate about this. And I have been for a long time. Actually, the evidence base, a lot of it's there, but sometimes they don't kind of link the two together. Whereas actually a huge amount of what they're doing through the sixth format, through the, you know, students now coming through, through PYP, MYP, and the GCSE years have got a huge amount of evidence there to support all these things they're saying about who they are and what they believe in and what they stand for. And I think it is that But you know, even something as simple as the extended essay could really show a huge range of skills and passions and, you know, self-motivation to get a lot done. Absolutely. Uh, it might be
3: worth going back to Lauren here, but I, th- I think looking at things like independent study, you know, that's a skill that that's um, not... Not everyone has on offer um, at this point in their in their educational career, um, but something that as an IB student you, you really do, and and so it's it's really important to point out. You know, what have you learned as part of the extended essay process? What have what have your successes, what have your failures been? What have your challenges been? How have you overcome those challenges? All of those things they might be worth putting in to to, to emphasise what you've learned of that process.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and in university. It really is all about independent study and research. And come third or fourth year, when students are writing their dissertation, you're kind of on your own in many senses because you are going out into the fields or doing your own readings and research and, and writing a, a 10, 15,000 word um, piece of work. And the IB definitely does prepare you for that. So using the skills that, and what you've learned over your school career so far, definitely include those things in the, in the personal statement.
3: The other one maybe just to think about is, is theory of knowledge as well. You know, If you can bring in a theory of knowledge course, something that's relevant that you've looked at, maybe your, your essay or your presentation, again, that's something that not everyone applying to university is going to have done. So if you can demonstrate critical thinking in your particular subject area, that's, that's really going to stand you out
1: great i think I think that's such good advice on on the on the personal statement and then I suppose that leads us on to the next step um which once that's all completed and your application is sent off um we've already mentioned uh you can apply to to you can have five choices um then as the offers start coming through um often universities will offer um let's say they'll say you need thirty two points um and they'll often also refer to your higher level subjects so they might say you need five 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 at higher and you need a a total of 32 points. So the offers will start coming through and then students need to decide on two. So they have um, a firm choice, which is the university that they obviously really want to go to. Then they have an insurance choice. Now it's important that the insurance choice is a lower point score than their firm choice. Now that sounds like obvious information. However, the amount of students. Who for some reason decide to have an insurance choice with a higher point score is quite incredible. Um, so students really need to think about that carefully and discuss it. So as the offers come through, they need to discuss with their parents, their teachers, you know, which, which offers should I, should I accept? Um, and once they've made that decision, um, they, they, they get back to universities, let them know. And that decision then is set, um, until we hit results day. Um, results day is always the the fifth of July, um, and I'll hand over to Mr. Seymour because that's Mr. Seymour's busiest time of the year. I think results absolutely,
3: day. yeah. Um, so results day, we we get the results in school uh, just a bit before two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we then say to students if they can come into school for a, for around four o'clock, we can we can hand them results on the fifth of July. Um, they can also phone the school again at around four o'clock, and we we can give results over the phone. Um, all the students can access their results um online uh on the 6th of July everyone in year 13 should currently have um login details for the for the ibis website to to get their results online if they if they want to um but yes yeah, so once we hand the results over it's it's then um you know there's different routes that that's going to take so for some people it's a very happy time and and they've got what they want and they're into their university um that's no. There's no real issues. For others, they may be a little bit below the, the offer that the university's given to them or they've offered 555 in, in high levels and they've got 554, something like that. Um, so in that case, we'd, we'd advise often it's worth giving the university a call pretty quickly and, and, and seeing what the, the state of play is. They might say, it's it's okay, we can let you in. Quite frequently in that situation, they'll say we might have to wait for a little while to see what other results are. And because the IB results come in so much um, earlier than particularly A-level results, we, we then have to wait until the middle of August. Um, or in some cases, um, we need to, to look at whether the student needs to improve the grades somehow. So first route there is, is to remark some papers potentially if they're particularly close to grade boundaries um or in some situations and hopefully not too many um students come back and resit some subjects to try and improve their grades
1: yes yeah, so, uh, results day is always that day of, of mixed emotions um i'll just say to you, do you remember your results day and, and how did it go you obviously yeah. didn't need to get into it at the university but just yeah give us a yeah,
2: so i still remember we logged in online um and i still remember kind of very nerve-wracking logging in and and just kind of waiting for for the screen to pop up. Um I actually kind of missed my missed my first offer by just a point. So I did have to get in contact with with the university. Um and I would say that if things don't quite work out the way that you hope they will, everything in the long term will be absolutely fine. Um I turned out okay and I had a great time at university even though it wasn't necessarily my my first choice, um, but things really do do work out okay. So don't don't panic too much. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect advice, and we say
1: that to, to parent students every year. And we we know what it feels like when you you know you've not not quite got your results, but it it it, it does work out fine. Um, Mr Seymour is here more or less the entire summer, um, so so the, there's constant contact with with school. Um, the, the universities they don't want to hear from us; they only want to hear from from the student. Um, so uh if if it hasn't quite worked out it's the student that needs to get in touch with the university um we're happy to sit in a room and and, and be a person in a room as as they make that call to university but it's it's definitely them that needs to to make that call there there are a few options some students have done better than uh than expected um and and they can get in touch with with UCAS to talk about applying to courses with with a higher point score if they want to do that um then there's also the process called clearing, which is uh, a process where uh, universities open and they will show what courses they haven't filled and students can apply uh, to, to courses that are not filled. So if it doesn't go quite right, there are a number of options on, on that day.
0: Brilliant. Are there any myths around UCAS that we kind of hear regularly that we maybe want to dispel or you know, kind of university admissions? I mean, Lauren, do you know of any that... Maybe come up time and again that you're having to kind of put right.
2: Um, I think one thing is we do not see the order in which you rank your universities on the application, um, so we cannot disadvantage you in any way. All we're doing is making an assessment on the information that you've given us, your grades and your personal statement and the reference. Um, and it's it's really important that you do know that because for us that's all we're that's all we're looking at. We don't need to know the other universities that you've applied to.
0: Fantastic, Dawn and Ben, do you have any that?
2: Oh, the myth. That's the myth that's that we a get. good question. So I'm um, thinking of
0: one, and it's postcode related.
1: Okay. Yes. You know, does
0: my postcode impact the, my my kind of the reception I will receive from certain universities?
1: Yeah. No. So your your postcode, the school you go to, um, the, the yeah will will not have any impact on your uh, university of choice. Um, the, saying that there are a couple of postcodes, but not where any of our students fall. Um, that might have an impact sometimes the universities. Look at the Index of Multiple Deprivation, but that will have no impact on any postcodes within our no. And I think that I suppose
0: the message there is more that it's it's not that anyone with a certain postcode is being negatively impacted. There's some postcodes which are positively impacted. Yes, the minority.
1: Yes, yeah. I I think for us, a thing we have to remember is um, the the free Scottish places, which which is wonderful as as a as a Scot. If you're if you're living in Scotland you can go to a Scottish university for free, um, which is great. However, there are only so many free places. So for Scottish students, whether they apply from um, the higher system or the IB system, it is a little bit harder because they're all chasing free places and they are limited in number. So sometimes um, good advice is, yes, apply to Scottish universities, but also do have a look at England as well. Um, it, It is fee paying in England, but that can make it... Um, sometimes you get a few nicer offers because you're not chasing a free place.
0: I'm always amazed by some of our students who apply to go abroad to some of the other kind of European systems whereby it's it's incredibly inexpensive,
1: the yeah.
3: universities,
0: and you get some fantastic degrees.
3: I think there's some really interesting things out there at the moment in that field. Um, one we hear quite a lot is, is Dutch universities. So um, I think mostly they they teach in English, which helps a lot for for a lot of our students. Um and they also uh, re- really respect the IB a lot, so they, they tend to give really good offers. Quite often, it's it's just a diploma that's that's offered. So it's twenty four points. Um, I think that there is a bit of a story behind that in that I think Dutch universities tend to make it a little bit harder to get from your first year into your second year, um, but certainly getting into the university in the first place is is um, a little bit more straightforward. Um, with a diploma and then there's all sorts of other interesting exciting uh, destinations that our, our students go off to as well so um, we've got a number going across across Europe um, we, we have uh Some universities come in to speak to us. So we had IE University from from Spain in this year to come and speak to us about about what they offer. Um, We've got a number looking at Ireland this year. Um, We've had a number going off to the US in the past. So, you know, the destinations of the students from the school is is really reflective of the the international education they get here.
1: Yeah, great. And I I think that's a very good point to mention because um, our main focus this morning has been the UCAS process. However, we're very used to helping students apply to a number of universities um, around the world Um they've gone off very successfully Lauren you took a year out you went to the States for
2: a year as part of your, yeah, your course I I to just I, talk to us about that yeah um yeah so when while I was at Edinburgh I did a study abroad in the in the third year so I went to Washington University in St. Louis um which is in Missouri so right in the middle of the States it was an incredible year I absolutely loved it and it worked out great kind of Socially, but also academically as well, because I ended up writing my dissertation about my experiences um, and what was going on in St. Louis at the time. Great. And then you, you came back
1: to St. Andrews and mm-hmm. you obviously you finished your degree in Edinburgh. Yeah. And then your title currently is Education Liaison Officer. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so currently at St. Andrews University. Yeah. However, you're about
2: to move yeah. on to somewhere else. I just want to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've just um, got one week left in St. Andrews, actually. And in August, I'll be moving back over to the states to do a master's continuing in geography so I'll be out there for two years and um, I'll get to do a bit of teaching experience as well I'm um, teaching the undergraduates um, and continuing my research in geography so really exciting. Great I think that just highlights um,
1: you know you can apply through the UCAS process but there are so many opportunities out there to look at universities around the world is also such a good thing to to do
0: fantastic well look if there's nothing if there's no other points that we want to raise i think we'll say a massive thank you to lauren Oh, thank you <laughs> for, for coming having fun. me thank you. And, yeah. and giving up some time to come and join us today i think your insight's been really helpful and hopefully anybody listening has found that a huge use uh, from your experiences so thank you very much for that. and thank you to mrs Heslop and mr seymour for joining us and uh yeah thank you very much everybody goodbye